from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Elaine Cha. In 1959, Mill Creek Valley, a mostly black neighborhood vibrant with families, businesses, and all manner of community life, was raised to make way for, quote, industrial redevelopment, then largely erased from public memory and discussion. And just this morning, an invitation-only ceremony was the first unveiling of a memorial that honors that place and that history. A public ceremony takes place this Sunday. Getting to this place has been its own journey. Here to talk with us about the memorial that's just outside the new MLS soccer stadium and what it means to and for St. Louis, we have Damon Davis, the artist who created Pillars of Mill Creek Valley. Welcome. Welcome. Um, Thank you. (laughs) And Vivian Gibson, author of the moving memoir, The Last Children of Mill Creek. So good to have you back. Thank you. Now, you both just came here from the ceremony. How are you both feeling right now? I feel great. Um, <laughs> yes, it, it's, uh, it's overwhelming to a degree because uh, we've been working on it for so long. I, 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 I met Ms. Gibson at the beginning of this journey, and it's been about five years working wow. on this. Yeah, yeah. And so Pillars of the Valley is finally coming to fruition, and mm-hmm. we still got more to do. Okay. Yeah. And I'm excited for Damon because this is a beautiful art installation and it so represents the community that I grew up in and I love. And so I'm excited, I'm happy, I'm proud. And I want to make a correction there. It is Pillars of the Valley. I inserted the Mill Creek there, but that is... Thank uh, you for making that correction. Yes, of course. (laughs) Get it right. Get it straight. Um, Damon, can you describe what the memorial looks like? Yeah. Um, so w- when you see it, there's like a forest of about uh, eight 15 foot tall granite and limestone pillars um, that sit directly in front of the new MLS St. Louis City Soccer Stadium. And on the ground, there are um, lot lines, right, that were drawn specifically there because there were actual homes. So, so at the base of, I guess, each outline of the lot line is the number of the house that was there. And, and it continues east um, and inside of other, I guess, uh, greenery or, sh- or shrubs that also draw out lot lines for each of those houses. We thought it was very important that you um, understood that you were standing where someone's home was when you when you're there. Um, also, we have uh, names on a plinth that are adjacent to the main installation that are from the 1940 census that tell you exactly who lived on that block right there, right? Um, Along with an artist statement and a map of of the greater area of Mill Creek. Um, And also you can see what buildings actually still exist. Um, Yeah, yeah, so I think we got it right, Uh, yeah. Vivian, how, how did it look to you and how would you describe the memorial? Well, I love the outline of the houses that are there and their 
they seem to be to scale uh, the size of the houses with the addresses there. And people can come if they have an idea that their family lived in the 2100 block of Market Street. They can come there and see that space. I think that's great. Uh, I have been describing the pillars as 12 feet. So now I'm glad to know it's 15. <laughs> They're lovely. They have quotes etched in them uh, from former uh, residents. I have a quote. You can go look for mine. Okay. And, uh, but it's just beautiful, and the scale of it is just so incredible because it's an entire city block. That's huge. I mean, I saw some um, news coverage, and you were, Damon, being interviewed, and even then, the shadows that were cast mm, yeah, yeah. were... Um, I, I just I can't imagine what it would be like mm-hmm. to stand next to one of these, and then to think that there are so many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, how did it feel uh, specifically for you, Vivian, having grown up in Mill Creek, to see people in that area moving around the, the memorial? It was moving. And uh, it was very uh, moving to see other residents, uh, people who describe themselves as children or the last children of Mill Creek, and they're in their 70s and 80s. And it made me realize how timely this installation, my book, is that these people can read it, and they're so proud. Mm -hmm. If the St. Louis question is, what high school did you go to? The Mill Creek question is, where did you live? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And people give their addresses, and it's just really wonderful. So what did that community look like, Vivian? It was a community that's very, very similar to what is now Lafayette Square and Soulard. Same architecture, same housing stock. Uh, it was densely populated. There were no parks. Uh, the trees were in the backyard. Um, but, it, it, but it was very much an urban setting. There, and people, a walking community. So people were on the street where you don't see that downtown anymore. People mm-hmm. were walking to streetcars and buses and jobs, that sort of thing. So it was a very lively, close-knit community. And Damon, how much of that description you know, that Vivian has provided um, animated your imagination as you were designing the memorial, no, I think all are like not only Miss Gibson, but I, but I had the privilege of having um, having access to a lot of these elders that once lived there. So, so throughout the process, um, I was I was pulling on either uh, direct communication or, or recorded interviews, uh, imagery. But I was always at the front of my mind. I wanted to make some that people that actually lived there could could. It resonated with them more than anybody else, mm-hmm. and so so along uh, the whole time I was thinking about them. I was thinking about their history, mm-hmm. like history specific to them, and also time. And so that's why uh, you mentioned the shadows. So so it's, it's two things happening there. One, it's it's a uh, an hourglass, right, a symbol of time. But also, depending on what time you're standing out there, those things are moving like like a sundial. Mm-hmm. So so time is always at the point at the center of the project. And speaking of time, you said it was about five years from beginning to this unveiling. Yeah. Um, why did it take so much time and what was occurring in that period? A lot of uh, planning, a lot, like my original drawings and stuff, it was like a lot of different 
inceptions of, of the project. Also, me, this is the biggest project I've ever done, and also my first foyer into architecture and how to get things that big to actually stay there and stand up. So, excuse me, from talking to different, uh, the, the architects that, that were helping me at LJC, just learning what could actually happen and what could, you know, just refining it to make it the most perfect thing possible because you only get one shot at something like this and it's going to be there long after long after us. So I just want to make sure I got it right for yeah. the people in Mill Creek. We hope that it's there yeah. for a long time because the whole community was raised. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that history yeah. will not repeat. Now, Damon, I know that you are a St. Louis native. Um, and I had, uh, I understand that you were not familiar with Mill Creek Valley yeah. for most of your your time, you know, living, uh, growing up here. Yeah. What does Pillars of the Valley mean to you in that regard? Yeah. Well, I, I will say this. I, I grew up in East St. Louis, and I, was, I come from a family that was very uh, militant and pro-black. So I thought that I was getting taught black history all of it. Like, it wasn't for one month. It was all the time. My mm -hmm. dad had one. I had one homework from school, and my father had a different set of things that I had to learn for him. Right. So it was really mind blowing that it's something this close to me that was such a thriving community with so many prominent black people, but also just different class levels. But just that there was a there was an ecosystem of blackness in the center of St. Louis. And I never heard it. It was it was mind blowing to me. And I want to make sure that that no other kids grew up like me not knowing about this place. Mm -hmm. yeah. We're speaking with artist Damon Davis who is the artist behind Pillars of the Valley, which is the new memorial that has been um, erected by uh, the St. Louis Soccer Stadium, and Vivian Gibson, who is the author of a memoir called The Last Children of Mill Creek. And I want to pick up with that question to you. Um, what does Pillars of the Valley, as a, as a memorial, as, a, you know, as, a, as an action, mm -hmm mean to you as someone who experienced what is now no longer there? Not, that is not in, no longer there. We have not been erased after all. That was my big fear. When, uh, ever, when I was ever talking about Mill Creek, I would hear, I never heard of it. Where was it? And so now there's something permanent there that children for generations to come could ask what was Mill Creek? Where was it? How did it happen? What happened to it? Ask those questions and do the research and uh, read about it and get stories mm -hmm. that are from people who actually lived there. Vivian, you were here just last week yes. to discuss <laughs> the interpretation of black history, and that included what's been missing or missed, either by intention or circumstance. Um, when it comes to Mill Creek Valley. So what would you like people to feel or learn from the memorial, and particularly given the things that you have pointed out about what stood out to you? What I would like is for people to not think of it as a slum. I heard that even today, that people resented it resented hearing that it was described as a slum because there were some very lovely homes that were there. There were portions that were more run down, but those are the only pictures you could find mm -hmm. in archives, in newspapers. And so I don't think it was truly representative. Mm -hmm. 
Damon, at the beginning of the conversation, you talked about uh, being proud of the memorial and that there's more left to do. Yeah. Um, what is left to do that you would like to be personally involved with? Yeah, well, I will say that, like, literally, the, the monument is not complete. That's just one piece of the monument. It's going to go, um, it's going to be roughly a mile long, and it will end at uh, Harris-Stowe State University. So, so, so there will be more pillars, specifically, on the street to, to commemorate uh, Mill Creek. But we also thinking about a few other things because uh, the legendary Negro League uh, baseball team, the St. Louis Stars, they they played right in front of um, Harris Stowe at that field. There was there there were multiple venues like uh, the Booker T Washington Theater. The the People's Financial Building was there, one of the first black institutions in St. Louis. So we plan to make sure people know some 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 layers about about Mill Creek and the people that live there. So uh, stay tuned. Within the next two to three years, I'm hoping the 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 full monument will be erected and and then people can. It'll be there forever for people to learn more about yeah. that place. So yeah. three, four years plus five—it's yeah, like no, a decade. No, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, good things come with time, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you got to. Um, with the the materials, Damon, that were used, did you choose those very intentionally to deliver uh, a certain kind of message? And then, what were some of the things that you did not have control over? Because these things need to stand up to weather and all sorts of other conditions yeah yeah so one one thing well definitely the materials are always important the materials are part of the story that we tell mm -hmm. um i definitely wanted black granted black like like for for black people and black is something that you gotta confront something that big like it's not you you could see it from the street but if you get up on it you see it, it towers over you there's also with the inscription of people's um the the, the quotes we wanted to make sure that the actual people from there were a part of the actual monument. Um, and I guess what I learned from from this, because again, it's the biggest project I've ever done, like what it takes to sewers and lights and all of that. And, and keep in mind, this was a creek here. So the, top the topography of the ground is something we had to take into consideration. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is there anything that you two would like to say to one another? I mean, you met at the beginning of this journey um, I will play a little bit of the the fly on the wall with a hot mic. <laughs> yeah, is well, there anything that you would like to? I just want to thank you, Miss Gibson, because you have been not only a source um, of knowledge and like actual information and inspiration, but you have also came to my aid in times that I needed um, some backing against uh, other, you know, just other entities that want other things to happen. So I just truly appreciate. Yeah, you taking me in um, <laughs> <laughs> from meeting me and just being, yeah, just being a guiding light to, to make sure that I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and representing who I'm supposed to represent this. Thank you, Damon. That's lovely to hear. I feel um, like we're family. I feel like he's my son, so I'm proud <laughs> in, in that sort of way for him. It turns out today we found out that he knows my son. He yeah. and my son are, 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 are acquaintances and the same age. And yeah. so I was drawn to him in that way, and I certainly was there to su support him and wanted to be there mm -hmm. to support him. And I'm just so happy to be able to have a young black man do this for black people who are not here anymore. So just proud. So speaking of people who are not here anymore, 
Damon, if there is someone you could take from the past to this memorial, who would that be and why? Oh, it's um, pretty simple. It would be my mother because she left before we could, um, before this was complete. She was, she was alive. But, yeah, I would, my parents, I would yes. like them to see it. Absolutely. That's my immediate thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could say the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, we appreciate your coming here after um, a very emotional and cold <laughs> yes. morning. Yes, yes. Um, and we're really looking forward to seeing how this continues to build these pillars, and these reminders of what uh, has not been forgotten, mm-hmm. um, in part because of the work that both of you are doing. Today's episode was produced by Alex Hoyer with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Our executive producer is Alex. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis.